And also tonight is our young men's class. And so we're going to dismiss them right now to the fellowship hall. We want you to go and be blessed of the Lord. I know you will with the teaching of Brother Beard. Brother Beard, you better make it quick tonight. I, uh, I hadn't told you that yet. But unless the Lord anoints me heavily tonight, it, it won't be real long. And if he does, it still may be short. So <laughs> praise God. Sometimes we preach a long time. Sometimes we preach a short time. And tonight is one of those nights. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't expect it to be very long. And it's bad for a preacher to say that. (sighs) But um, anyway, um, I believe this will be a blessing. And this is what is in my spirit for tonight. And this is a wonderful subject to be able to preach. I'm glad to be able to preach it tonight. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1 is where we will read. And also, we will also uh, reference Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And what we're going to do is rather than read Acts 2.38, we're going to quote it together. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. The Lord speaks through the prophets saying, Behold... I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, everybody say the Lord. The Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of host. The Lord shall suddenly come to his temple. Let's pray the Lord's blessings upon the preaching of the word of the Lord. God, we give you glory tonight. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you, God, for the glory of your presence. We thank you for the light of the gospel that has shined into our hearts. Thank you for allowing us to know the truth Thank you for giving us the spirit of truth. Thank you for speaking to us the word of truth. I'm praying in the name of the Lord, God, that you would bless, Lord, the preaching of the word of tonight. Give revelation, give knowledge and understanding. Let us go home, God, with a fresh appreciation for the oneness of the Godhead. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. If you will, let's quote together Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. The Bible says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Brother Dylan a while back said, Brother Townley, can you preach a message from Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 about the oneness of God. I was like, man, I'd be glad to. (laughs) I'd be more than glad to do that. And if the Lord will allow me, I will do it. Uh, Because I do see the oneness of God in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And that is when we baptized in the name of Jesus... We understand that that is the name above every name. 
we understand that that is the name that holds all authority. And in the very essence of the name of Jesus, Jesus means Jehovah Savior. Jesus means Jehovah has become my salvation. And so we have encapsulated in the name of Jesus the truth in the essence and the definition of his name that Jehovah has become our Savior. That Jesus was not a separate deity from Jehovah God of the Old Testament, but Jesus was the fleshly manifestation of the invisible spirit, the God of creation known as Jehovah in the Old Testament. Praise God. And, uh, you know, the Bible speaks about the spirit of Christ being in us. The Bible talks about us receiving the Holy Ghost. The Bible talks about the Spirit of God. So we've got the Spirit of God. We've got the Spirit of Jesus. We've got the Spirit of Christ. We've got, we've got the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, that's not multiple spirits. That's just different names and titles of the one eternal Spirit. What I'm trying to tell you tonight is that there is not a spirit a spirit that is the spirit of Christ that's other than the spirit of God, which is not another other spirits than the Holy Ghost, which is filling us tonight. Um, and so what I'm trying to tell you, just because we have Jehovah God in the Old Testament and Jesus in the New Testament doesn't mean we have more than one deity. But there was only one eternal spirit that made himself flesh. And that... That was the man Christ Jesus. And so uh, tonight I just feel like emphasizing and teaching a little bit about the oneness of God and the fact that Jesus was the mighty God in Christ. And um, you are very familiar, if you've been around church very long at all, with the Shema, which is Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. That is the most significant and important scripture To all Jews, even to this day, they quote it every morning in their prayers. And it is what? You want to say it with me? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I tell you what, I pray that God will give us a Jew that's baptized in Jesus' name one of these days. That we could just hear them say it in their own language. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah. I told you how that last summer I was preaching in Georgia at a youth camp. And in that youth camp, there was a man that was mightily touched of the Lord. I I had talked with him a little bit, and I noticed his speech was a little different, but I had no idea that he was from the Middle East. And uh, he come up to me after I preached the message referencing Paul and the fact that Paul was a murderer and and how that uh, he, he... bore the weight of that conviction upon him. And, and he said, I am the chief of sinners. And, and I just, I preached along those lines and, and, and went on. He come up to me, he said, you really helped me today. He said, because I have murdered Christians. He said, I did what I had to do. He said, but he now knows the truth. He has repented of his sins and he's been baptized in Jesus' name and received the glorious gift of the Holy Ghost. He told me, he said, now I've ate catfish, but I haven't been able to eat the pig yet. (laughs) And so, um, 
there are people that God is still converting today unto the truth. And I'm telling you, it absolutely amazes Jews when they meet Christians that are oneness. It blows their mind. And it creates a special affinity and closeness and respect between the Jew and the oneness Christian. I think everybody that knows much about the Jews at all understands that they are monotheistic people. In that being monotheistic, they believe in one God. They believe in one God. And so we understand that this is one book. And it's not a book of multiple gods. It's not a book where one God was known in the Old Testament and another God became known in the New Testament as Jesus Christ. And there's not another spirit, which is the Holy Ghost. Now, there are people that who are Christians nowadays that want to take the New Testament and start going back to the Old Testament and trying to show that through various scriptures in the Old Testament, there was the, the idea or the, the, the small concept of a trinity. Can I tell you the Jews are the ones that had the book wrote to them. They are the people of God, and they are monotheistic people. They read the book and have had the book and was the recipients of the book. <laughs> they had the Torah. They had the Pentateuch. They had the Old Testament scriptures that you and I have. And all they see, hero Israel. <laughs> the Lord our God is one Lord. And I want to remind you that the Bible says that the Old Testament was a schoolmaster unto the New Testament. And so we have principle, we have the shadow in the Old Testament, but we have the truth revealed and the substance in the New Testament. Hallelujah. And so we have the oneness of God that was declared. We have the manifest in the Old Testament and we have the manifestation of Jesus Christ in the New Testament and it was not the coming of another deity, but the Lord himself had come. Can I tell you, the Jews are still looking for their God, Jehovah of the Old Testament. Their expectation was that Jehovah was coming. They didn't expect another. They were expecting their God. And in the final book of the Old Testament, I read to you some of the final words of prophecy that the Lord spoke before the New Testament and Christ came. And that's what he said in Malachi 3 and 1, Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before who? Before me. The Lord's talking and said, I'm going to send my messenger and he's going to prepare the way before me. That means Jehovah's coming. And he said, the Lord, and again, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is what? One Lord. And that one Lord whom ye seek shall what? Suddenly come to his temple. Now, God's word is so powerful and beautiful and vast. I love it. It's so rich. It's so deep. It can be understood on so many different levels. 
Like I've told you before, God could make a prophecy known through an Old Testament prophet and it be seen in multiple dimensions, such as a prophecy could be given concerning the day of the Lord and it could be talking about when Messiah would come. It could also be talking about the day of the Lord and be talking about the millennial reign of the Lord, the last days. And so we can have one word that can be understood in 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 multiple dimensions and and there can be uh, multiple fulfillments of a prophecy and that one prophecy can be spoken and part of it be fulfilled in the messianic age and part of it be fulfilled in the millennial age. I'm just trying to tell you we need to be careful that we never discount the word of God just because we can't see it like God's saying it. God has a way of saying one thing and he can fulfill it today and fulfill it again in the future. God has a way of speaking and it affecting multiple generations. And so what I'm, what I'm laying a foundation for in saying that is that in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1, when we see here that the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, we're talking about Jehovah coming to Jehovah's temple as Jesus. And so the Lord came. Jehovah came to his temple as the man Christ Jesus. And so he came to his temple as a man. The lamb brought itself to the temple. The Savior came. The high priest walked to the temple. And so even beyond that, how many knows that The flesh of Jesus was the temple of God. And so the Lord shall suddenly come to his what? Temple. How many knows there was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world? Before there was an Adam created, God already knew fully he was going to make man. And he made man what? In his own image. There was innocence, there was purity, there was cleanliness, but can I tell you, he would become a man. And Adam was made in his image. The Lord would suddenly come to his temple. And how many remembers the verses that you can find in the book of Luke where the Bible says that when it came time for Jesus to be brought to the temple, they brought him to the temple and there was Anna and there was Simeon whom God had spoke to. I'm just referencing the fact that the Lord Jehovah would come to his temple. I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Luke and let's let's read here the word of the Lord. You can turn with me to the book of Luke. Verse two, uh, chapter 2 and verse 21. The Bible said, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called, what? Jesus. Which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves 
are two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Again, this is small l, so this, is, this means master, okay? The master's anointed one. That's what Christ means, the Lord's Christ. And so it was revealed to him that he would not see death until he saw the master's anointed one. And he came by the Spirit into the what? Temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy, what? Salvation. Salvation. The Lord had come to his temple. This was the Savior. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all of the people. Again, the word light, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, the child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken Against, yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with the husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow about fourscore and four years old, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks unto the Lord and spake unto him all, or spake of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And so what I'm showing you is that the Lord came to his temple and when he came there was people that recognized it. Again, the Jews as a whole missed it. But there were people that were in tune that got it. Hallelujah. Amen. How many wants everything that the Lord has for you? I want to keep my eyes open. I want to keep my heart open. I want to keep my mind open. I want to keep my spirit open. Say, God, keep teaching me. Keep leading me. Keep guiding me. Keep growing me. Keep instructing me. Keep perfecting me, God. I come, God, spiritually ready to the temple expecting your visitation. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you glad for the visitation of the Lord that's in this place tonight? God, we give you glory. We give you glory, we give you glory, we give you glory. I praise you, Lord. Amen. Let's, let's go to uh, some familiar scriptures in the book of Isaiah. Again, I'm not going to be much longer here tonight. But let's look at some verses again in Isaiah 43, 44, and 45. Isaiah 43 and 10 and 11. The Bible tells us, ye are my what? Witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. 
before me, prior to me, there was no God. What? Formed. Neither shall there be after me. Now, Jesus was formed in the womb of Mary after this was said. He said, there was no God formed before me, neither shall there be what? After me. That was not another God formed in that womb. That was the flesh that became the vehicle, the manifestation that brought God into this world. Isaiah 43 and 11, I, even I, am the Lord. Now that's Jehovah right there. That's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. When it's lowercase Lord, when it's a capital L with lowercase O-R-D, that means master. But when we have capital O, capital R, capital D, that's Jehovah. I am Jehovah. Beside me there is what? If Jesus was not Jehovah manifest in the flesh, he was not the Savior. But he was the Savior because he was God manifest in the flesh. And he said, I'm coming to my temple. And when he showed up, there was Simeon there that says, I can rest in peace. And there was Anna that says, this is the Lord's Christ. Hallelujah. And so, let's turn over now to Isaiah chapter 44. Well, I'm going to read one more scripture before we move on. Look at verse 25 of 43. I, even I, am he that what? Blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Sounds like a Savior, one that forgives and one that cleanses, one that washes. Hallelujah. What I'm telling you, the washing away of your sins by baptism in Jesus' name is not the work of another God or another deity. It is the work of Jehovah God and the one mediator, the man, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Isaiah 44 and 6. Thus saith the Lord, again Jehovah, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, what? The Lord of hosts. I am the first, I am the last, and beside me. Now this beside means except me, without me, other than me, there is no God. So he's not talking about a literal beside right there. He's just talking beside me in the sense, except me, without me, other than me, there is no God. Verse 8 says, Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it. Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Basically what he's referencing in that when he says ye are my witnesses, you you need to remember that uh, there was massive polytheism in the Hebrews' history in the past in that they lived in Egypt where many gods were worshipped. And when they went into Canaan, They were taking territories where there was many different gods worshipped. And there was times that they went into idolatry themselves and worshipped other gods. But every time they did, every time they began to resist Jehovah 
And when they went into idolatry and began to worship other gods, life turned south for them. Things got bad. Famine started coming. Trouble started coming their way. The enemy started overtaking them and taking their country and taking their territory. But all they'd have to do is turn back to the Lord with all their heart and he would show themselves the living God, the mighty God, the powerful God, the God that would hear and answer their prayers. Um, And so he said, you're my witnesses that I'm God. And there was a time when you had no other God but me, but you didn't lack, and I provided, and I took care of you, and I helped you defeat all other people with all other gods. He said, you are my witnesses. I've revealed myself to you. I've proven myself to you. I've shown myself to you that I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me, there is no God. There's others that's honored as God and worshiped as God, but you know from experience there's no God but me. And so those Jews are still believers today. What I'm trying to tell you is that Jews went into idolatry, beginning with Solomon. Went into Babylonian captivity because of it. But once they came out of Babylonian captivity, Jews have always believed in Jehovah God. God had a way of getting that idolatry out of them. And them living even to this day, believing that there's one God. There is one God. Hallelujah. So Isaiah 46, 5 and 9. It's another passage. It says, to whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be like? 9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. A part of the holiness of God, like I would call the glory of the Lord. We can say God is good, God is love, God is compassionate, God is kind, and and there's some specific. God is holy in that he's pure and he's clean and righteous. But can I tell you also a part of God's holiness means that he's in exalted state. He is in a class of his own. He stands above all others because there are no others. He's in a class of one. He is holy, holy, pure, clean, righteous, and alone. He is God alone. Aren't you glad the Lord came to his temple and gave himself as a sacrifice for the redemption of humanity? And not just humanity, but he shed blood for me. And I thank him. I praise him. And tonight, if you've never been born again of water and of spirit, I want you to know Christ has made a way through his coming and through his death on the cross so that you could experience a new life. You could be born again. You could become a new creature. You could start all over again with God. You could experience forgiveness. The greatest thing that the Lord wants to do for you is save you. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He loves to hear it when people say, God, I realize I'm a sinner. 
And I believe in the death that you died. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for everything I've ever done wrong. I'm sorry for every lie I've ever told. I'm I'm sorry for every cruel way I've ever acted. Please forgive me. Can I tell you, heaven gets happy. God gets happy. Not only does God get happy, angels get happy. Can I tell you, angels know the difference between a child of God and those that aren't a child of God. Angels know the difference of those that are experiencing mercy and those that are experiencing grace. And can I tell you, it's wonderful when there is a soul that comes to God and says, God, I want to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. I'm not going to be a wayward son. I'm not going to be a wayward daughter. I'm coming home. I believe in the death you died for me. I believe you are my Lord and my Christ. You are my Savior. You're my Redeemer. Wash me, cleanse me, save me, change my heart. Can I tell you salvation is about God saving you. It's changing your heart, changing your mind, changing your soul, transforming your spirit. Have a a repentant prayer meeting with God. Say, God, I need you to change me. Take out every wicked way, every angry, resentful, bitter, stubborn, harsh way. Take it out of me, God. Wash me clean. Purify my heart. Can I tell you, we need a revival of repentance in this generation. We need to be able to repent. I want to be able to experience the forgiveness of God. And can I tell you, if we'll walk that path of repentance, uh, God will forgive us. He will wash us. He'll blot out our transgressions. He'll put it far from us. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Not only does the Lord want to forgive you of your sins, he wants you to be baptized in his name. Who died on the cross for you? Jesus died on the cross for you. Who shed blood for you? Jesus shed blood for you. Whose blood do you want to wash away your sins? Jesus' blood. What name has all power in heaven and earth? Jesus' name. So what I'm trying to tell you when we baptized, we put you in water in Jesus' name and we baptize you, we dip you, we bury you in Jesus' name. Like Christ was buried in the grave, they put him all the way in the grave. We bury the old person. That's what it's a type of. We're burying that old person. We're dying out to self. God is washing our sins away. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to take on the name of the Lord in baptism. You need to bury the old self. Not only do you need forgiveness, you need to be washed in the blood in Jesus' name. And God has promised to give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible said, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children, to those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you have felt the Lord tugging on your heart, I want you to know he loves you. He cares about you. He's come all the way down the glory, from glory to the cross, to die, to reach you and to save you. He's your redeemer. Look to him. Come to him. Call on him. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to save you. 
Ask him to change your life because he wants to do it. It'll, it'll please the Lord. If you want to please the Lord, that's the way to please the Lord. Obey from the heart that form of doctrine which has delivered you. I mean, just make it real with God. Tell him you want to be saved. That you understand he came to save you. In closing, let me say, just a young boy in the temple one day shared with the doctors. They were so amazed. Never had they seen one so young speak so swift. They asked him many questions, and the conversation went like this. What's your name, son? Well, on my mother's side, my name is Jesus. But on my father's side, they call me Emmanuel. Well, how old are you? On my mother's side now, I'm 12 years old. But on my father's side, I've always been. Where are you from? Well, on my mother's side, I'm from Bethlehem. But on my father's side, it's New Jerusalem. What's your plan? Well, on my mother's side, I'll be crucified. But on my father's side, I'll rise again. He was son of God, yet son of Mary. On his mother's side, he was a child born and a son given. On his father's side, he was everlasting. On his mother's side, he learned. But on his father's side, he was teacher with no need to be taught. On his mother's side, he learned obedience but on his father's side, he was obeyed. On his mother's side, he increased in wisdom. But on his father's side, he was infinite in wisdom. On his mother's side, he was subject to authority and obeyed his parents. But on his father's side, he possessed ultimate authority and could say to the winds and the waves, peace, be still. On his mother's side, he was tempted, but on his father's side, he could not be tempted. On his mother's side, he became weary and rested on his journeys, but on his father's side, he never slumbered nor slept. Aren't you glad you understand the dual nature of Jesus Christ, that he was more than just a man, but he was God that had manifest himself in the flesh. The Lord had come to his temple. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you and we magnify you. We worship you. We recognize you as the great God that you are. We love you. 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 Hallelujah. One final scripture and without controversy. This is not anything that they would squabble or fuss about without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God, everybody say God. Deity, God, the eternal spirit, the God of creation was manifest in the flesh. There was not another God coming. There was no other God but God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus was more than a man's, what I'm reminding you of. 
He was more than a man. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. And preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. And received up into glory. God was. Not just a man. But God was. God preached unto Gentiles. And he was preached about to the Gentiles. And he was believed on in the world. And received up into glory. I think about that old song that says, Oh, sweet wonder. Oh, sweet wonder. Jesus, the Son of God. Oh, sweet wonder. Oh, sweet wonder. Jesus, the Son of God. The wonder of wonders. How could it be that God became flesh and was given for me? The Almighty came down and walked among men. The wonder of wonders. He died for my sins. Isn't that beautiful? The wonder of wonders. That's why I was talking about on my mother's side. It's like this, on my father's side. When you talk about son, you're talking about flesh. And when you talk about spirit, you're talking about the God part. We understand the, 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 the complexity of the man Christ Jesus. He's, he's the wonder of wonder. He's the man that's marveled at. He, he's the one that they say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But we know something wonderful came out of Nazareth. A man that you can meet for the first time and he knows what you were thinking a long time ago. Aren't you glad you know who Jesus is? Why don't you stand with me, lift your hands, and let's give the Lord some praise for the truth and the light of the gospel that he has shined into our hearts. Hallelujah. God, we love you. God, we love you. God, we love you. We praise 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 you. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have... If you've never repented of your sins, been baptized in Jesus' name, and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I encourage you to do so. If you want to understand more about it, get with us. Let's look at the Word of God. Don't miss out on the greatest gift God has made available to all of humanity, the glorious gift of the Holy Ghost. There was one elder minister that was speaking to a younger man in that he wasn't a real young man. He was just a man that was younger than the elder. The elder had built a sizable church, been very effective in, in revival and doing the work of God. He said, this is what, what you've got to tell the people. If you want to grow a church, this is what you've got to tell people. It's not hard to receive the Holy Ghost. It's not hard to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm just telling you, all you've got to do is truly believe in your heart. All you've got to do is act from your heart. Ask God to forgive you of your sins. Make it sincere. Be real with God. And I'm telling you, he'll be real with you. And he'll fill you with the glorious gift of the Holy Ghost. As you worship and glorify him for what he has done and is doing, as you praise him, he will pour his spirit out upon you. And you will begin to speak with other tongues and know the joy of God living in your heart. God making you a temple of the Holy Ghost. 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So the Lord richly bless you. I pray that you've been blessed by the preaching of the word of the Lord. And uh, I want to let you know, if you don't know already, uh, I will be going out of town uh, this week. I will not be here next Sunday nor next Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to California. I mentioned that Sunday. And again, I hate that I'm leaving so close. Um, It's just the way it fell. I was supposed to preach uh, in California in December. We had to move the dates. And this is the date we had to put it to. So I'm making up something that I didn't do last year. Um, And... uh, I really feel really, really good about it. So I'm preaching tomorrow night, the Lord's willing, in Chico, California for Brother Nathan Morton. And then I'm going to be in a conference on Thursday and Friday in Sacramento with Brother Nate Wilson. And then I will be in uh, uh, Roark Park, Roanoke Park with Brother P.J. White Sunday morning and Sunday night. And then... Uh, we will be flying in on Tuesday, but the deal is we just can't get back in time for church. And so, Brother uh, Beard will be preaching Sunday morning, and then Brother uh, Jordan, who's been coming from Oakdale, uh, and Brother Adam will be speaking again Sunday night, uh, just like Brother Adam and Brother Jake did this past Sunday night. So you're going to have a great time in the Lord. And then next Tuesday night, Brother Beard will be preaching again. So let's pray and ask the Lord to be with us as we're dismissed. God, we praise you. We thank you for being so wonderful and so glorious and so mighty. We give you the highest praise. We give you all of the glory and all of the honor. We thank you for the light of the gospel that's shining into our hearts. Keep, God, the light shining brighter and brighter. Keep illuminating our minds, giving us revelation. Let us walk in truth, Lord, the fullness of your will. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.